Ladies and gentlemen, happy 2024. I think this is probably 2024 when you're hearing this, right? I think it's yeah. safe to assume. Yeah, it definitely will be. So happy new year, y'all. Uh, this week at the Gym Owners Podcast, we want to talk about it's kind of our upcoming year. We What we do is we do a little bit of lazy research. And so what we do is we just Google what the upcoming fitness trends are looking like for the next year. Uh, mm-hmm. And we kind of see, one, whether or not just those trends, those ideas are bullshit and they're not really going to happen. And two, we kind of tell you how to prepare or some of them, how to use the uh, ebbs and flows of some of these trends to your advantage, really to help you connect with your consumer, to uh, connect with your market better, to serve your people better. So big fitness trends 2024. Before we get started, follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Uh, That's the only platform we're on there. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone on Instagram and John. You can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl. All right, let's do it. Oh, by the way, Whatever platform you guys are listening to us on, go leave us a five-star review. We always forget to do that. I always forget to ask. It's like when you're trying to build a podcast to be just a just a standalone podcast, that's the only thing that matters. So give me the reviews. Give me the reviews soon. So, so get up there. Leave us some reviews. If you're listening, if you're listening now, if you listen regularly, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. Leave some words. Kind words, please. Kind. We're honest. Yeah. But if you're going to be honest, you need to be funny. Like it's, it has yeah. to be like, these guys are assholes, but five stars. So we got, we're running two lists right now um, of upcoming fitness trends. We're going to kind of bounce around. Some of these are just going to be less interesting to talk about. So we won't. Um, so I'm going to kind of jump right in right away. One we covered before. Big top. This, this list is the top 10 upcoming trends for 2024. Uh, number one on this list is wearable technology. And I fully agree. Um, yeah. I don't particularly think that they're awesome or great, but people are wearing them. The The thing about wearable technology is it's not necessarily going to make it to the market because the person wearing it needs it the most. Like these aren't becoming popular because they're the best for you, the consumer. These are becoming popular because this is the biggest source of bulk data, biometric data that's ever existed in humanity. And this is the play. This is more important than your your internet, your internet search, your uh, your cookies, your GPS data, all the data that your phone, your I, your operating system harvests from you. This biometric data is the biggest data play um, that's ever existed. So just know that there's plenty of businesses willing to lose billions of dollars, billions and billions and billions of dollars to get these products on your body, on your person, to convince you to buy them, to take a loss, to get the market share simply so they can start to accrue that data and that they can sell it to anybody, everybody. So that I think is the larger picture. I don't believe that the real driving force behind the Apple watch and its heart rate monitoring and the way that your phone can see your pupil dilation while you're looking at advertisements and how it can tell when you're, what, what emotions you are, what emotional response you're getting when you're reacting to stuff you're seeing on your phone, because of course they're all synced together. But that simply exists as a way to start to make marketing, advertising more effective in the future. And that's going to be really scary. Well, it's going to be scary, but it since it's going to happen anyway, like this is always where my it's, brain it's, goes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen anyway, right? So this is going to yeah. happen. So like it's it's you can you can leverage a little bit of this. This is where it's like the evil of the world. Okay, so like being raised in, in a very religious household, like internet was always a double-edged sword. Yeah. And I remember like when the internet really, when we were still like, you know, you had to like 
prank it and then the, the robot yelled at you as it was like <laughs> dialing up and coming alive like i remember that being a little kid when that was happening and i remember my dad because it was like all all throughout the church right it was like yeah. every leader was like this is gonna be a place of like sodom and gomorrah is gonna live everyone's screen inside of of your home because of this internet access. Well, he was right. I remember they were, they were not wrong, <laughs> right? Like, they, right? They were not wrong at all, right? They're like, but warning, like, be aware. Because it was always like porn, right? Like, porn was yeah. like, that was where it was dangerous. Before it even, like, they're like, listen, this is going to be bad. Like, but in the same. Well, Pops, you had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys just were getting, uh, about, yeah, bent over about some, like Bush being shown. So it was like, yeah. so now, but in the same breath, it was, it's also going to allow so much access to data and information for the good. They're like, yeah. it's kind of like the good and the bad outweighs each other. And it's one of those things like it's going to happen. So whether you chose to not participate or then you also reap the benefits of the positive. And so in the same vein, it's yeah. they're going to harvest all of our data and they're going to use it for nefarious purposes to the nth degree. But there is going to be some positive shit that we can pull from this. Yeah. And if you're a gym owner, you can utilize this psychological fact for a lot of your people too. I think, I think. I think integrating some of the stuff with your stuff, whether That's it's simply challenges, things like this, or just like a little bit of education, or there's places that sell them and track them and things like this. You know, some of the 24 hour places have a, you know, you can either use it with your Apple Watch or they have the, the band that you can wear and you, it'll go in and puts up your your heart rate and your whatever yeah. your percentage of your output all the time and and, and some of that stuff i think is it's good it's fine it's a good way to track your workouts and like really if you're going hard like you know was it was it orange theory is the one where it's like you want to be right in that area of your heart rate and that's the how burn, you know your the burn zone the burn zone and yeah. Uh, yeah it just reminds me of on twister where he's like you're in the suck zone. <laughs> that's all I would take when I heard it. You're, <laughs> you're in the suck zone. You're um, sucked. But uh, the, I think I think it's solid. One of the most interesting products that I've seen for this, um, that I'm looking at integrating through one of the 24-hour gyms that we work with is, um, and as you and I start to tinker with some more physical locations uh, for our own products, there's Techno Gym has a thing called Techno Gym Visio. And it is essentially okay. like a big touch screen, touch screen screen. So imagine <laughs> yeah, all of yeah, the yeah. things that uh, Peloton has, which is like instructors or workouts. And maybe it's not just an instructor walking you through the thing. Some of them are, are Metcons that maybe are just pre-built. Like imagine your CrossFit programming or your, your standalone functional fitness programming. It's got kettlebells, med balls, some dumbbell stuff and body movement shit. Just theoretically, hear me out. One, one, one theoretical exercise here. You go in, you pick that workout because you like it, right? You go, okay, but hit that button. It'll show you demos of each video, what it is, and so mm -hmm. you'll know exactly what you're doing. And you're, it'll run the timer for you. So you hit a button, and it goes three, two, one, and that runs the timer. It'll count down. So if you're doing rounds where it's do this for sixty seconds and rest for sixty seconds, it's like your coach, okay. And yep. this specific product, which I'm meeting with them here this week to talk about um, how it can get fully integrated, is really kind of cool because your own coaches, you can build a portal through your like a, a coaching platform as well. So now your coaches in your facility can offer a maybe less time, uh, what's the word, less time consuming, less laborious service and run it directly through this thing. 
So now you're like, it can be your coach on there with the demo video or your coach's workouts going out to that specific client. So now remote programming and things like this that can normally be done on some of these other apps, your trainer eyes and your whatever else is out there. Like it's now done in your gym for your gym on a touchscreen. I really like the idea. I've been in some, some places in Europe that had versions like this and they were like in the functional fitness room. There's like two of them. So like two different people could use them in the aerobics room. Um, and you'd have some down there by the open space as well. You get three or four of these in your joint, especially if you're, uh, not constantly selling coach products it allows people to be semi-independent and and they can still log their workouts track their way all this stuff through that if they want to and i think it integrates with an app that they can take with them at home and this is really that is really 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 cool and it's my thought is as a personal trainer i want people to do my workouts in my gym if they want to right Ones that right. go, hey, I want to see what Tyler's all about. And they can go on and instead of having to just pay me, they can kind of try before you buy, if you will. And I can throw out some freebies on there and they go in and they check and be like, oh, this guy's stuff's kind of cool. Like the way he does it was fun. That workout crushed me. Like it was, it was really good stuff. And I, in my opinion, I don't have to then do a bunch of what some of these places do. I want you to do like a free session or a discounted session. It's like, nah, all of you try my stuff. And the ones that are about it, you know, this is a, it's a perfect leader into getting me one-on-one coaching business, but it's also a great way to focus on getting your clients results. Because again, the centerpiece of your business should be getting your clients results. And this now is like, they can, they're not wandering in the gym, not knowing what to do. They can try that. You can be, you can say, just do four workouts a week on that thing. One of them should be cardio and And they'll do it. And they have a chance to succeed. They don't wander in bored sit around, pull on some fucking cables ineffectively and leave. The one thing that's crucial is what we're talking about. Like, so the nefarious big daddy data that's going to take this over from whether it's Fitbit or Apple watch or whatever, they're going to be the different wearables. But the idea is that if you can now get the data from your people, because you now have them fully integrated into your, your system, your coaches, your mm-hmm. workouts, your movements. And then if it does come with a wearable, it does come with an app where they are tracking it all within that system where your coach lives, your system lives. You now get to see that data. So now you get to yeah. know what the reps, what the rounds were, what the weight was, like the ability to now have what I always thought was like what that hybrid, what a hybrid service really is when you say that word hybrid. And I also love the idea that it's something where that group class type of a workout for people that can't make that group class yeah. time. How great is that also rad. for people who want to want to train with a friend and you don't want to just stand yeah. there and take, not for everybody, by the way, my, me and my dudes, we're going to bench, we're going to squat, we're going to rip some dumbbells and do some bro stuff. I don't need a three, two, one go stuff because we're, we're men. Um, but, <laughs> but there is, and I'm just joking mostly, but there is a lot of use, I think, for people who want to come in and train with people. Yeah. That having this thing to be like a focal point and such as this guy telling you how much to do, like, no, let's just go through this thing. And there's timer and you can take turns. I, I just, I think that that's really, really, really sweet. You know, we do certain things that we went in on Christmas, my wife and son and I, to work out. Well, we're not going to go through like a regular workout. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go just do my normal thing if, cause we never really work out together. So right. there's 16 strength machines, like the stack metal stack cable stack strength machines in this gym, eight upper body, eight lower body. 
So we do 40 reps on every machine. That's what, that's the type of shit you kind of want to do. It's like, all right, this is the silly thing that we're going to do today. And I think that having something like that as a focal point on the wall is really cool. So wearable technology, I think just integrated technology into your gym is, is important. You don't got to break the bank to do it, but I think you need to recognize the opportunities. And the one thing to do is be a bit mindful of the popularity and you know, risk with some of these things. Cause some of these companies yeah. will just go tits up and they'll never support them again. So you do got to be careful for that. So next one I think is really interesting. Worksite health promotion. Also known also, you know, corporate fitness or just, you know, uh, fitness promotions mm -hmm. being integrated into the workplace. It's frankly represents more than a third of my personal training that I do right now is if it's not directly that from, from people doing it through their workplace, it's the leads I've got from people that right. I coach in their workplace and their kids and their families. So that is not going away. I think that's a priority that I think one insurance companies want and are going to start to gradually incentivize back, back through the business via discounts, et cetera. I also think that the businesses want healthier people who, um, feel better, look better, perform better, think better. You just cannot tell me that if you're 200 pounds overweight, that you're as ambitious and that your brain is firing as well and that you're just performing as well as if you were just a little more disciplined and treated your body better and had that track record under your belt for a long enough timeline. I just, I don't, I don't believe that. And, and your employer doesn't either. I'm sorry. It's one of the things that people need to understand. We're preaching to the choir here because you guys are all fitness people. But if I have to hire somebody and they come in and they're like way overweight and sloppy, it's like, you know, they don't take care of themselves at all. Like no effort versus somebody that comes in and just looks like they're in shape. It would have to be insane. The actual conversation for the in shape person to fuck it up. I mean, they'd have to be so bad for me to not for me to choose the other person. Cause it's like, what are you, I can't even, I don't want to say this, but someone's like that out of shape and like that disrespectful to their own body. What are they going to forget? They're going to leave the place unlocked. Are they going to steal things? Like you got no fucking idea when somebody is that. And Frank, I just believe it's a, it's a mental illness when you treat yourself like that, that poorly. And I don't need to hire fucking people that are that close to being unhinged and bring them into my system. I want someone who performs well and, and is assertive and is confident and has discipline and has character and can be consistent and can do things that are difficult because they pay off in the long run. Those are the types of people you want to hire. Now, if you, if you zoom even further back, right, it, it is every time that a company, a large company that has, you know, let's say 50 plus employees, to give you the idea, even though it's still small business. But if you start to go into this air arena, it's every time somebody utilizes their benefits for health insurance, it penalizes the company. Right. So they don't technically want you to have to go to the doctor, have to get surgery, yeah. have to do those things. This is why even larger companies may have really robust services for health insurance, but they'll have like surgical riders that are separate, like separate services, and that the company will literally invest and work with those surgery centers so that they don't even have to, you don't even go through insurance. It's all cash, it's all handled totally off books, off insurance. And they'll rather go through that and pay and cover you at 100%, pay for you to fly their surgery, stay at a hotel, because at the end, it benefits the company as a whole to not have their insurance get ran. 
And if you're listening so, to this outside of the United States. Oh, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we know that sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> it totally does right. sounds crazy. Whatever. But, There's no turning this ship around. But because this is a growing thing, and this is important, and there are a lot of gym owners that we've talked to over the years that have talked about, like, how can I get linked up? I want to be able to have a, a corporate program. I want to yeah. get my gym in front of these businesses because you see this, even if you are international, right? You see the benefit of getting linked up with a company for all the reasons you talked about, Tyler, where if you have, they want a healthier populace working for them, less sick days, more, you know, less depression, all those positive things. But yeah. in the States, there's very real benefits for them financially. There is a word of caution that I know is evident in the back of my mind because I've sent you a couple things over the last several months about this whole premise of now of what I'm starting to see, especially in the CrossFit space with this, with a company called what true med that's coming in and, and helping gyms qualify to use like prepaid tax dollars to go mm -hmm. towards their gym memberships. Now, again, overall concept wise, I really dig this idea for someone to be able to be like, well, I I'm already going to go to a gym or I would go to a gym and now I can lower my taxable income so that the government doesn't can't tax me yeah. more money. Like, I think that overall is awesome. My concern is for gyms and gym owners to start to view this as a viable, like a uh, revenue stream because it's subsidized memberships through yeah. the worst fucking place on the planet, which is the U S government. Yeah. Like well, that's one of the things where you're like, yeah, when you start to look at that, you go, what if they just pull the plug on this too? Or what if all of a sudden now there's more verification that needs to be done than the discount that it's worth? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not getting much other than just simply a membership. So it's really the consumer that has to decide to do business with them, right? And so so there's if they get stuck going through a bunch of these hoops, it, now their relationship with you is tethered to this thing that might suck. I'm all about trying these things. Like I said, I'd always try them. I wouldn't jump in with, you know, jump in head first, but that is very, you know, I have a, I have an uncle who was a dentist for a long careers, retired a few years ago. And one of the things he always said, he was like, listen, don't be a fucking doctor, be a dentist. And by the way, don't ever let a fucking dentist call themselves a doctor in front of you. It's like when a chiropractor does it, fuck <laughs> off guys, stop it. <laughs> stop it it's like someone someone's like a professor at college with a phd like you can't just call your you get that when they have a doctor you're like listen you can't just i'm a doctor you can't just call yourself a doctor fuck off you're not you're a pretend doctor you went to school for a long time and while we all understand that that's a certain class of degree you're not a fucking doctor you're a teeth repair man okay let's be real and so unless you're an oral surgeon you're a fucking doc you're not a doctor but anyway that, this is his words not mine so anyway one of the things that he said he's like you definitely should be a dentist if like if you're trying to like he was always tell the kids the grandkids like be a freaking dentist because like it's easy you can set your own hours there's almost never an emergency and if you have partners in a place that you work at like you can leave and somebody else can handle an emergency client of yours if something comes in while you're gone. Like, it's just not that big of a deal. He spent the last yeah. 15 years of his career working two, three days a week. But he said the best part about it was it, up to, for the most of his career, the government's completely out of that industry. And insurance companies are almost non-existent in that industry. Because dental mm -hmm. insurance is really doesn't operate the same way that regular health insurance. And you're still sure. getting paid and you're not jumping through a bunch of hoops and it doesn't pollute the system. So be a dentist and tread lightly when it comes to the government being in your business. That's all. And we work 
dental examples it's this thing that we're starting to see like just to have the words of caution it's talk to physical therapists talk to people that are mired in just fucking meters and meters of of paperwork that's making it impossible for them to do their job there's a reason why people are wanting to do away with that shit and now it's starting to kind of creep into the physical fitness space most of us me you guys out there like you got into the fitness industry because there's really not a lot of bureaucracy between you and you starting your business and it existing and you doing your thing yep. like let's be real the barrier to entry to getting this thing going does not mean there's a lot of hoops to jump through government wise it's pretty fucking easy for anybody with the want to to get into this business so definitely don't just make it more complicated than it needs to be i don't think so on to the next thing here we do have uh Fitness programs for old, older adults. We've talked about that in the past, um, but yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Gyms for the last 30, 40 years are not built for an aging population. If they're, if even if they're built in a way that can serve them, they're absolutely not branded and marketed for that. That is a huge gap that's going on in this industry. That's why you see the rise of programs like Silver Sneakers trying to help kind of like move some of these things forward and get people placed. It's a great opportunity for personal trainers and coaches. And I know it's not as fun, maybe for your preference, if you want to just be working with chicks in sports bras and dudes with abs who want to fucking just get sweat and rip. But like, mm-hmm. you know, are you concerned about public health? Are you, do you really care about the people in your community and the health of your community? And do you want to make some fucking money? Cause the one thing is there's a lot of old people ain't got no money. But there's a lot of people that do. So mm-hmm. they can pay well. They can they need private attention very often. And they need some sort of leveled up service one way or another if there's going to be a kind of a helping hand, a holding hand in this process. So I think that's super important. I think it's an opportunity for you. If your gym doesn't have someone who is specialized in it or who wants to, it's a great opportunity to find someone who does. Mm-hmm. Right? Your gym may not have somebody who's like really tuned into youth sports performance. So you're probably not even in a situation where you can really push those types of programs or market those types of services, but find one if that's something you yeah. want to be making money on. And we're just simply laying out opportunities for you. And I think that really definitely is one. Um, next one is I think obvious uh, fitness for weight loss. <laughs> no shit. Um, I think that that's a thing dieting, uh, culinary interventions, extra, extra, exercise routines, personal training, nutrition plans, those things need to be integrated together. And in my opinion, unless your gym is a performance first gym, which is okay, plenty of those exist. Um, in a performance first gym, sometimes people already have their nutrition stuff dialed in. While I do believe a lot of them are willing to pay for services like that from you. If you are not a performance first gym, if you are a just a gym where people are coming to get fit or to lose weight if you're not attaching nutrition services to it you're fucking up and you're screwing over your clients and you're really deluding them into thinking that they're just gonna jog and lift the pounds off and that ain't the way it's gonna work so don't don't convolute their impression of how this is gonna go and i want you to actually set these people up for success and exercising for weight loss is why people are going to your gym it's why the vast majority of them are. Can we can we talk about the fact that some gyms are gonna are starting to include with like their memberships and services some of the weight loss drugs? Are they? Yeah. So like lifetime lifetime. I, I just pulled up an article because oh, I are knew they partnering, I had seen partnering it. with doctors. 
Yeah, so Lifetime is going to pilot oh, what a to drugs f- for gym members. Nice. Yeah, so it's that Lifetime presentation. And, and if, I, if I push testosterone on my clients to get started oh, to make give them better results, hey, like okay. I'm, I would be such a super villain. But these motherfuckers, Ozempic <laughs> has been around for like fucking nine months. And these yeah. motherfuckers are going to just integrate it with their business, which, by the way, that's your call. I have no problem with the people taking it. We've talked about that in the past. Like if, yeah. if where you're at, yeah, go for it. I think the consequences is having it take three, four, five years to get the weight off physically. It's probably worse uh, depending on where you're at. But the crazy thing is you're going to get people that got 20 pounds to lose that are going to go down this irreversible path. And your business is kind of tied to that situation, which is a bit weird. I mean, like I'm not getting, I'm not getting fucking like, vaccinated every time some new version comes out simply because i it just ain't been around long enough for me to really trust the 20-year track record of such things um there's no fucking way i'm recommending my clients to get on that at least if a doctor does fine but if i'm in that process at all i, I just wouldn't feel good about recommending it but go for this it is, guys this is <laughs> you're gonna lose like the, I, oh but man. like so so he goes the gym chain pilot so this is back in October, said they're going to prescribe weight loss injections for members. And it's a great, they would bring medical professionals in-house to deliver obesity drugs at their clubs and working with insurance. So what they'll do is that they'll have blood tests that meet FDA guidelines to show increased physical activity because that's one of the requirements from some of the yeah. insurance companies that they'll cover the cost of the drug. So that they would be able to then have um, and then Weight Watchers, so that's lifetime. And then Weight Watchers um, has recently acquired a telehealth platform that can prescribe those GLP ones. So Ozempic. Yeah. And um, now that they have it, now people that are part of their program can do that telehealth visit, get the prescription, and then be able to have the access. These are this is the boner pillification of weight loss drugs now Mm -hmm. because that was the thing once you could start ordering freaking hymns or blue chew or whatever just call a doctor and they're like yeah 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 we're in you know that's really kind of funny well that's interesting the thing is here's the problem to the person who's got 30 or more pounds to lose let's be real people have been going to this place and they all fucking lost the weight dude they all did it. And that's the service. And that service sounds like a shortcut. And maybe it is. But you know what it is? It's part of the value equation. Gives you a very high likelihood of success and will give you that success in a very short amount of time. So it's going to most likely work unless all of these people turn into mutants and die in five years, which will time will tell. <laughs> Good happen. But it's going to work. So if you're the gym that's not addressing people's nutrition and you're letting people just come and want to lose weight and you're telling them, yeah, just spend a much time on the treadmill. That'll do it. And, and you're, you're, if you're an ineffective gym that does not deliver results, know that now there's, there's gyms out there that are thinking less about the client's overall lifetime well-being mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be more effective than you. They just will. To the In the perception of the customer, these gyms are going to be fucking crushing it. Everybody who goes there is just dumping the pounds and they all so and so used to be just fat as fuck dude and he looks great at the pool Mm -hmm. i'm going there and because built in knowing that it has the pharmacy stuff tied into it 
makes it feel like a shortcut and i think it's going to make it work better of course because it's it's think about this too it's it's leveraging what we already know about buyer psychology when it comes to like supplementation but yeah. guess what these are actual supplements that work so this yeah, is the BCAAs, yeah. right? Like this is like, but, and the principle of the thing is what matters. Yeah. Let's say it's our spot, Tyler, <clears throat> our spot. And we have a highest level of service, which yeah. we help you get your blood test, get you the proper amount of TRT prescribed, get you on, like get you some of those basic things and get your blood work right in combination with what we're going to do on the training side. It's like, you're about to get a bunch of dudes between the age of 35 and 55 fucking jacked. Yeah, they're <laughs> all going to go bald and they're all going to have purple skin. But man, are they going to be jacked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. Welcome to the trend factory. I think just go the distance with this. Is just tie it in with just straight up steroids. We got to call Fuck the guys at, at DOS Gym it, and got to let them know. T- like, if, guys, it's t- if, it's, if it's telehealth, these people <laughs> yep. can prescribe anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, except the horse stuff. Right. I guess trend is not really for humans. Trend's a horse steroid, but everything other, everything short of that, they can. Write, but if write all the form. gym needs is a stable, like you could just true. have a stable. <laughs> out. I got, I got, I got <laughs> one horse, and just a freezer full of trend, and a bunch of angry men fucking and fighting their way through town. The trend factory might not be my best gym, my best gym <laughs> idea ever. It will be short lived, but boy, it will be yeah. awesome while we do it get the MMA. So next on this list, exercise for mental health. And I think that this is, this is the first time in the top 10. And I believe I've, I've shit on this as a branding, like as like a centerpiece for your brand, because I think frankly, it's a secondary benefit. However, it is absolutely crazy to, for people to not, what's the word, not address the fact that being in better shape, looking better will make you feel better. And it's yeah. just, and I think that some people get the uh, the cart in front of the horse with this thing, and you start selling mental health. Yeah, hate to break it to you, bitch. <laughs> ain't nobody going to you for that. They just ain't. They're gonna go to the doctor. You're not on the top ten list of places or people. They'd rather fucking call their high school teacher who they hated than just go to some fucking stranger with their fucking mental health shit that's not an actual real mental health professional. But if those of you that want to have an impact on the mental health of your community and want mental health to be one of the primary benefits of working out in your place and that it's okay to have a welcoming environment and all that good warm fuzzy shit, get people in fucking shape. If people are getting in shape and they are losing weight, they will feel better in their mental health that comes along. People start to, they get, you get such narrow tunnel vision when people are trying to make their training and their coaching so much about mental health that what they do is nobody gets any results and everybody stays in kind of piss poor condition, but your training is very thoughtful. And then guess what? So-and-so is still depressed fucking two years. They still have anxiety two years later because they're still fucking fat and can't do shit, dude. So get them the physical results that they're there for. And I promise you the mental health will come along. But you're sometimes so many people, they you get tunnel vision. You're just aiming for the wrong target. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, it's, it's like, it's like the corny shit in the movie, shoot the fuel tank and the car explodes. Okay. You don't got to shoot out all the stuff and just, just shoot the fuel tank. The car explodes. Okay. Everything's fine. 
But that's my take on that stuff. Is I think it's super important. I think this. I think it's one of the most important needs because I think when we found with the COVID lockdown and the pandemic stuff is people being static and people kind of just ordering takeout. A decline in a person in the decline in public physical health that happened over the pandemic mm-hmm. had a very serious negative effect on the public's mental health. That doesn't mean we run at straight at the mental health program from a branding standpoint and from what the training is. Fix the physical health problem and you will fix the mental health problem. You don't got to be such a fucking moody dork about all your shit. You just don't need to be. Okay. It's a, I don't want people to hear this thing on here like a mental health. Oh, perfect. Let's be the fucking emotions place. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And, and I think you're opening, besides it being kind of gay, it's you are opening yourself up to there's too much litigiousness that yeah. you're going to open it's like you guys it's like God, you're you, not you you're start, not a if you market that stuff expert. if you market that stuff and my kid Correct. goes to work out at your place because he's a bit of somebody's kid's a bit of a head case and they go mm-hmm. to work out this place and they think this coach is working with them and something doesn't go right or something and the kid fucking kills himself right you're gonna eat a colossal plate of shit because you started treading in those waters colossal and it will shut you down that also those outcomes will fucking be very damaging to your mental health as a coach. So fucking mm-hmm. take on responsibilities that you're actually equipped for. And I promise the outcomes that you're chasing, you will get. But again, people who can't deliver actual physical results tend to just adopt some guru shit because it's the best way yeah. that they can do to change the goalposts for you. Now, because it's in, in the top 10, we know that like what everyone is starting to identify is this is going to become increasingly important. And just what you called out, Tyler, big fucking surprise four years post pandemic that mental health is now a significant yeah. problem that everyone's focused on. Right. So because we know this is growing, th- there's so many things that are no, no shit. Right. Old people are going to continue to matter more. Want to know why? Because there's fucking so many of them. Yeah. No one's dying. We're not and running out of them yet. Now getting old. Right. We either got, it's, by the way, you want to solve the old person health problem either ignore it completely and they'll all go away in a few years <laughs> they'll all expire, right? or get on board and make some money in the process right and then on this mental side is because we know it's important it's go find an actual professional in your fucking area and then partner with them and now you yeah. kind of can bring in someone that actually knows what they're talking about opposed to a bunch of motherfuckers doing reiki while you're doing bench press and if yeah. you're having a hard time activating your shit it's because your dad like you somehow have a bad relationship with your father like yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's not because you, your shoulder doesn't hurt because you got Kimura'd and tore your fucking labrum. It's because of your relationship with your dad. Right. Yeah, none of that shit. Youth athletic development, huge opportunity. Highly recommend it. In my opinion, it's because the public perception of health. I think I really think post-pandemic and this younger generation has had uh, some fucking lot of fat parents and fat out of shape people that they just really don't want to be. You know, my kid goes to school, he's like, man. You know what I mean? He plays sports and does things and he's not like a judgmental prick the way that I am, but he's like, he's like, there's a lot of people that are built like they're 50 and have diabetes that are 15, you know? And so he's just like, nah, nah. And I don't know that we necessarily had maybe as many of those growing up, but what it is, is you have a couple generations of parents that don't pass any of that understanding along to their kids. You know, and a lot of this food, these foods are new. Um, I think that there's just a lot of couple generations of stuff has snowballed. And now people know people, even parents who don't exercise know 
that they need, their kids need something because their kids feel better. Their kids act better around the house. The kids do better in school. They behave better. They don't come home and rage or eat like shit. Like they, all of a sudden, a kid that learns to take care of himself, like expend energy in a healthy way is not doing shit that like I was doing when I was young, you know, yeah. breaking into cars and smashing windows and, you know, just out doing crime because you're bored. <laughs> you know, those are, those are not things that these kids need to do because they have a healthy outlet. And I think parents, even unhealthy ones are willing to accommodate that. You know, I have kids that we worked with at the martial arts studio whose parents don't work out at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, like really don't at all. And they're like really, really, really in really bad shape, but they bring the kids there every fucking day because they know it's important. Yeah. Parents won't move the, f move a fucking foot for themselves. But at the very least, if you can't salvage somebody who's, who thinks they're too far gone, I promise you, um, They'll send their kids. And so it's a big opportunity for your gym. And I think, again, if your goal is to have an impact in your community, this is how you do it. It's absolutely how you do it. Catching the parents is great, but sometimes the pathway to the parents is through the kids. If you catch the parents, you will get the kids. Um, but if the parents oh, are too yeah. far gone, let's see if we can get your kids in. Because I know you're too busy. It doesn't work. But your kids need something. And it's super important. The next on that list, personal training. And that's obvious. And I think the reason personal training is on this list um, amongst all these other things is because of the decline in public health first. Mm -hmm. Second is the overall lack of effectiveness of the health industry for so long. The fitness industry, the fitness industry, right? The fitness yeah. industry has been so ineffective that when people think of joining a gym and just going there by themselves, for all the reasons that going there by yourself can be tough when you're new, um, mm -hmm. that's daunting and sounds like something that is very unlikely to work because statistically speaking, it's unlikely to get people results. It may be about the people, but somewhere right. if a professional intervenes and guides those people to do the right things and teaches them the right way and can fast track a lot of that learning process, the likelihood of success is much higher. And that's why personal training is all of a sudden now going to be much more in demand than, and by the way, this says personal training, one-on-one -on -one stuff. I believe that is um probably its own thing here on this list but i also do believe that you will still continue to see for this same reason uh, an increase in the interest in any sort of group coaching project as well whether it be crossfit gyms whether it be a lot of these new fragmented studios that are popping up from nike to the cycle stuff to whatever that people want instruction right it just want instruction and they want customization you and I looked at this shit, I think a year ago, it's we looked at ago. really like the generational, yeah. right? What generations are looking at. And it was so overwhelming that everyone, so from millennial, Gen Y, Gen Z, and then Gen whatever the fuck, the, it's, it was customization was paramount. It was first and yeah. foremost. And this is where we started to see, right? Like Burger King, like pay attention to the large people out there. Right. The big yeah. dogs out there, it's BK, have it your way. And then as you see large conglomerates allow you to customize your pizza with Blaze Pete, like all of these pieces that are leaning towards people will happily pay for customization. That is where you're going to see that is that it's yes, all those positive benefits. But people don't understand this because it's happened underneath their nose and it just, they, they kind of think that it's happened under the guise of convenience or service. But mm -hmm. Everything is coming to you in a way that allows you to pick your quote unquote customized package. Go on Uber Eats right now and order food. Okay. 
yes, there's certain meals there, but you go in and you are just assembling the things that you want. And what pops up when you order pizza? Would you like to add this to that? Would you like to add that to that? Would you like to move this thing? We have a five for five thing where you can go in and you can pick your five different items, your three different items. That is the norm. When I look up Uber to get a car to pick me up, John, what do I get? Choices. Right. I get a standard. I get an Uber X. I get an Uber Black. I get an Uber Van. I get to go in and I can pick, oh, which one do I want? Mm Mm-hmm. Now you may pick one and it's not actually there. Then you just get downgraded. But, but that is, but that we think that that's just the way that it works because that's the way that it works, but it's not. When I pull up Uber, okay, it's asking me to make a choice. And that is really to just let me move around in my buying habits. And some of them are going to be more profitable for them. And some, whatever it is, it's going to align my budget with my desired outcome and the experience that I'm trying to have. So if I'm a money's no object guy, I'm just going to get the nicest thing that's on that list. Correct. It's just the way that it is. So that allows that company to actually make more while me having a better experience that more aligns with like what I'm trying to to experience. And I think that is super, super, super important when it comes to your fitness offerings. It's just that customization and it doesn't have to be custom. This is the thing people don't get. It doesn't have to be custom. It just needs to be built around choice. Choice. That's it. So give them a fucking choice. If it's A or B, fine. A, B, C, or D, I prefer. Yeah. A or B is going to work just fine for you. And, and, um, and that is why we got to talk about it. this. That's why we build that out. So we yes, build that yes. out. We build that sales process out. We build out, take a look at a gym's offerings, take a look at a personal training with the trainer or what they provide. And this is why this is what we build out into that app like functionality. So when our people are in a sales conversation or in a basic conversation and someone says, Oh, what do you do? Oh, well I do this. Oh, well tell me about that. Like it's and now I immediately can do this thing where I can show someone the choices that they have to work with me that all points towards them being successful. It's all built off of that psychology. And for sure, that's what we're seeing as a large trend moving forward for personal training, because it gives people that more choice. They don't have to take whatever is just being offered to everybody. Yeah. So I'm onto this next list, the uh, EOS fitness list here, John. Um, Number two on this list is recovery. And recovery now, they say recovery is going to start to take center stage as the clicky title on here but it really means recovery is no longer the exclusive domain of elite athletes in 2024 the fitness industry is placing a significant emphasis on recovery as an integral part of any workout cryotherapy infrared saunas massage therapies are commonplace as well Mm -hmm. as equipment to help them do so right you have all your massage guns your magic fucking water leg bags or whatever shit people are using now like all the stuff that's out there right yeah and This ties in with what we're talking about with choice and buying habits. Okay. This is about investing in this part of your life. Okay. If I'm going to invest in working out guys, when I first started training again, as an adult, like in my early thirties, it was like, I'd get sore and I was really still obsessed about working hard. So I, what would I do? I would buy shoes. I would buy workout clothes. I would buy supplements, all the things that we think that you should start to make sure that you understand as a gym owner. The people do when they're on the path. They're going to invest somewhere. They should invest it in you. Now, that doesn't mean you got to offer all of these things, but every one of these things represents an opportunity for you to take it or leave it. Right. But investing time and investing money in this process is a way to simply make the space that you're giving 
to fitness, health, wellness in your life, you're making more room for that. You're giving it more time. It's for the same reason that I recommend when I have fitness clients that kind of start to get the bug, I recommend like podcasts that talk about nutrition. I recommend like watch this thing or this sport or people start doing some like strongman type training. I'll, you'll send them a video to, hey, check this out. It's cool. It's the reason I get from my training partners in jujitsu. I get jujitsu memes and fucking yeah. videos, clips sent to me all day long from all sorts of different dudes. Cause it's just how we, it occupies space in your life and you continue to give it space. So know that like, I'm sore. I want this. I want all the hard work I'm doing in the gym to be worth it. I, these are, this is a part of the same buying psychology. It works when people need to, maybe they get stale in your group classes, right? And they want to reinvest. They're like, I need to recommit to this. I'm going to buy some brand new $200 nobles. And then I'm going to show up with some some hot shoes to class tomorrow, right? Or I'm gonna go buy some supplements. I'm gonna buy, this is why people buy shit like fat burners and all this other stuff. This is why it's a great opportunity for you when people are not, have gotten stagnant in their regular stuff. It's a time to offer them a higher level of service, not to be worried that they're gonna quit. People don't quit when their stuff gets stale when they feel like they've plateaued. Actually, they invest more because usually that's the first trap people fall into when they plateau. I'll just start training more often or training harder, but maybe they just need to invest more money. And so what they're doing can be guided and be a little more precise and be more effective. And, and you do have responsibility to those people that are in your spot, because this is, we talk about this all the time, which is the, the natural lifetime journey that a client has in fitness over the course of their entire lives. So as people first start getting involved, they're just going to be dipping their toe in the water. But as we know, as they start to dive deeper into a concept, it's it's like you go down these rabbit holes. So you don't even realize that BCAAs are super important. But because you accidentally come across a couple of articles and now all of a sudden you're balls deep and you're now looking to buy BCAAs. Well, if you don't have somebody that's being like, actually, your attention would be better here. So you don't make those mistakes. You can allow your people not to make the mistakes of then because they are going to come into this brand new wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, not realize what they're walking into is a filthy, bloody ocean of shit that's been hunting people for years on their desire to make themselves better or healthy because all this stuff overlaps. We talked about the fitness wearable. Well, how important is sleep and now tracking your sleep yeah. and heart rate recovery and all these things? Well, now that higher level of recovery is now intricately yeah. been programmed into these wearables and then How it's like people do you know that have no idea what to do with the information they get from a wearable or what the information they get from tracking their food that's where a professional comes in and that's the thing that isn't really going to be done by an app necessarily there's too much information still for somebody to get to like a real precise starting point there so your wearables all this stuff like well now what i'm tracking my food kind of do you know how many people track their food wrong like, it's crazy. Megan and I are making a whole series of videos here, hoping this weekend on it for her online coaching program because we did some challenges stuff. We put it out on Instagram. This is a fun little thing for you guys to know. Uh, she put about eight different plates together that she had eaten over the course of a couple of weeks. And she just asked people, how many calories do you think this is? Yeah. And dude, the amount of people that were like picking like a quarter of the calories is nuts. Like a thing that's a thousand calories and they're like 250, 300. And the gap, 
the people that undershot the most were the heaviest ones, truthfully. And it's those are the types of people who you say, track. I'm tracking my food. I eat hardly anything. No, really track it. Put the shit on a scale. Let's be fucking real here. You need to know because you are not calibrated with reality. You do not get to be that overweight and then still argue about what's right or wrong going on with the food thing. Like with obviously not just no expertise, but the opposite of expertise. Like a massive amount of naivety. And to be that off was fucking really 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 eye-opening to the point where when we started getting people on why they should start to weigh their food and understand it we realized i don't think a lot of people even know how to do that not just weigh their food but like to 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 scale it for those of you out there out there not to scale what do i mean to track it right so many times here's a little pro tip for you guys coaches you guys probably do this y'all are much smarter than me probably more handsome better looking and have better abs than me but one of the things to do is when you're putting teaching people to put food on a scale to track their food don't let them use volume liquid volume measurements at all it's not what you use don't nothing nothing gets entered in in quantities of cup quarter cup none of that stuff half liter ounces none it gets measured in grams okay Mm -hmm. because the amount of times i've seen people eyeball butter or say ketchup or a sauce just put they we have them put the whole plate on the thing Okay, and then you zero it out, put the meat on. Now you know how much the meat weighs. Potatoes, you put one cup of mashed potatoes with the density. So we, we learned that with flowers. So this is the thing we started to learn yeah. from making bread. Is if you just put a cup of bread flour in there, like that can be crazy variance between how dense it is at that moment, right? Or how packed it is when you scoop it up. So you have to do everything by weight. So you throw your potatoes on and you see how much they weighed. So hundred grams of potatoes is what you entered in. And then you're actually accurate. And this is one of those traps where people can fall into it and they start wearing their food and they think they're doing okay. And they still aren't, they're putting in all the effort and it still isn't working and it makes you look bad. So you do need to be thorough in your guidance. And that's, that's, that's one of the ways that I think that a human needs to be involved in this because most people now can't even navigate the apps. Have you guys used my fitness pal lately? Don't. It got so bloated with ads and other services and constantly requesting information and trying to integrate all this other stuff to just become a fucking big, stupid tech company. That like it's borderline unusable and super confusing for a normal person. So we don't even use it anymore. We use this fat secret and then so far is better, but all roads end to that level of fucking stupid complexity and opportunism on their part. And it'll, you'll end up moving to the next thing into the next thing until somebody, all I need to do is punch it in and know what it is. I'll write it down or give me the ability to make a log. But beyond that, people don't need much more than that because it is too much for them to figure out. Yeah. I derailed that whole thing. Anyway, good job. That's all right. What's next on your list? (laughs) I think that's what I got. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it here. There's, you know, on the short thing, I do think that they're talking, uh, this is more tech. I have. So overall for me, these things of you all being empowered with this information is that the, most of your people, probably the majority are getting a steady diet of fear porn on an everyday basis. Everything that they're going to consume from from the news and what they watch and what they listen to, for the most part, is just going to be shit that has been developed to make them feel helpless and make them feel afraid. 
whether it is that the avian flu is coming back, everyone is dying of RSV, there's brand new diseases we've never heard of popping up in Portland. Like it's this huge wave of like health crises, right? Childhood obesity is up. People are killing themselves. Like there's all of these problems that exist and the solutions that they're providing is dog shit. And this is one of the things where every one of you, all of your gyms, wherever you are in the world, you get to be a place that people can take back some control and they have that control of their own life. They can be educated on what they want to eat, where they get that food, how they eat it, what they do with their bodies, like all of these things. It is so contrary to what everyone is consuming on a daily basis that this is why we get so, um, preachy about this idea where it's like you guys have the ability to change your fucking communities and be the tip of the spear because nobody else is going to be fucking doing it and if you're not willing to take up that mantle then you're failing your people on a monumental scale yeah and i also think that that the by the way how do we come up with that piece of data john is that uh we look up before we start some of these kind of uh trend episodes is we look up health industry you start looking through things and when you look guys go on google and look up health and all you're going to find is the opposite of it and so i think that that is a thing that as gym owners as fitness professionals you are positioned to start to create fitness as a buffer against disease Uh, it really and i think that by the way that when i took my uh, crossfit level one that's the biggest takeaway frankly it's not any of the lifts it's not any of the things that they do or teach they they teach a thing called the uh fitness wellness sickness whatever continuum right and it's just there's a there just is a spectrum from being completely sick right and completely broken damaged whatever whether it's injured ill cancer all of this stuff and all the way to just being generally well right being okay and even further down that that road is fitness, being truly fit, like being strong, being mobile, having a great cardiovascular health, having great work capacity, being able to do X amount mile, what's your X, whatever, fast mile being, you know, the, all of those markers of fitness. So all you do is you start running whatever markers you have. And the goal there is in being fit is a buffer against all life is going to do is try to every once in a while things will surprise you. And it's going to knock you back a little bit. I get sick a couple times a year. It fucking sucks. And I can't train and I get lazy and I just get crushed and you lose muscle and whatever. But if I was fat or out of shape or didn't train, not fit, like that may drag me to a realm in which I will not get back up, get back out of. I have a client who had to have open heart surgery this last summer. We lost 40 pounds before he had to have the open heart surgery. Like we worked really hard the year going into it because before you got to be laid up for two months or a month and a half and like really, really be taking things slow. And the recovery for that is intense. We are building wellness to fit in into fitness so that if you get in a fucking car accident, it's not the absolute goddamn end of your world. You have a better chance of not being way down on the bottom end of that spectrum. Um, and I think using that as a perspective on how you can market your fitness, how you need to communicate what the real goal is, as long as you're, again, not if you're in performance, if in your, if you're in performance, it's like, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just, we'll trade everything in for a faster 40 yard dash time. Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're doing with the general population. The general population doesn't want that. So just know that I think that as the, what's the word as 
disease becomes the centerpiece of the health conversation, know that fitness is on the opposite side of that spectrum. And that's what we're selling here as fitness professionals. So that's got us wrapped up. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Follow the show at Gym Owners Podcast and Instagram. Uh, go to gymownersrevolution.com. Get in the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group and uh, tell a friend. Follow John at Tyler F. Stone. Or follow, follow me at Tyler F. Stone on Instagram. Follow John at JBanksFL. Thanks for listening.